0: What it do, baby? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know what it is. It's your boy Big Zoo right here. And you know what that means. It's time to jet live on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever it is you happen to be listening. Appreciate you for doing so. Please make sure to hit that five-star review. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a comment. Appreciate that. It gets more eyes on the podcast, and I understand, you know, it's a, it's a rough year for the Jets, but I still appreciate you guys listening, and I appreciate eight you guys coming here for your information on the team, both pre, post, and during the week. So make sure to hit that subscribe button to uh, keep yourself notified on when the episodes are dropping. And obviously follow me on the Twitter machine as well so you can get at me on this game. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know what you're thinking during the game. I mean, guys, this is going to be an interesting one today, in my opinion. I I am excited kind of for this game. I know Joe Flacco is starting, and we we had some choice words for him and for the decision the other day, but I do have to say that this team looks like they, uh, they might actually have a chance to go out there this week and uh, get themselves a little victory, but. They're going to need to do a lot of things in order to uh, actually secure that win and make sure that they don't have another disgraceful performance in this week against the Dolphins offense that doesn't even deserve to be putting up 20 points. So we have to make sure that we don't do that, and we have to do a lot of things as well. But we'll get into the whole breakdown as we go through the episode today. And um, yeah, like I said, let's try to get this W because I think it's going to be I think it's going to be one of those games where you might actually see this team look pretty good. But again, remember the competition and remember who's playing quarterback for you right now. It doesn't really, you know, doesn't really help unless you get the young guys developed. And I think that should be the, the entire mantra of today. And that should be why Joe Flacco is starting, even though it isn't the reason it's the reason that he's starting is because you have coaches that are going into self-preservation mode. You have a GM that is trying to justify trading picks for Joe Flacco. And you have an owner who won, who listened to Rex Ryan. And uh, you know Rex calling out his team, his organization, his head coach. And also for what he he wants to win. He wants to go out there and have an opportunity to get a W. And he believes Joe Flacco can do that. He probably thinks Mike White can do that. But he definitely doesn't want Mike White going out there and leading the Jets to a W over Miami. And now all of a sudden, here comes the Mike White drama again. Here comes the Mike White. Oh, this is the future. This is the kid. They want to kill that. Or actually, they don't want to kill that. They just don't want to allow it to happen again. Because Mike White, I think, took care of himself last week in throwing those four picks and, you know, showing us that he is a backup and that's what his role is going to be in this league. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when we had the expectations we did coming out of that Cincinnati game, going into that Indy game, I mean, yeah, if that happened again, all of a sudden you're looking at Zach Wilson not being able to come back this year and you can't really allow that to happen. So if that's part of the reasoning for starting Flacco, I mean – I guess cheers to them for doing that, for being committed to Wilson, but it's also a damn it's an indictment on them for not giving uh, Mike White one more chance, but not leaving that in the background because we have to get over the pack over the fact, I apologize. We have to get over the fact that this team is starting Joe Flacco. And we need to get to the place where what do we need to see from Flacco today? I already told you, we need to see young players developing, especially on the offensive side of the ball. And in order to do that with Joe Flacco in the game, that means you've got to be hitting Elijah Moore and you've got to be hitting Corey Davis in terms of getting them the ball in the passing game. Those are two guys who, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind, are part of the future for this team, at least the immediate future. You know, and where we're talking about the next year, two years. So you need to make sure you are developing one Corey Davis into a number one or at least trying to see if he can be that guy, because that's who your number one is. Elijah Moore is not your number one. He's not probably not going to develop into a number one. He could. Don't get me wrong. He could. He could amaze everybody, but he just doesn't strike me as being that kind of guy yet. And when you have Corey Davis signed for the type of money you have him signed for, you need to start seeing if Corey Davis can be that guy. And having Joe Flacco in there, I mean, he could put the ball on a better place for him to grab, I I suppose. Uh, I mean, I never thought Flacco was this ultra-precise, really good quarterback that I think they seem to think he is, but... If he can do those things, if he can put the ball in a better place and get his receivers open, throw his receivers open, then we need to see Corey Davis play a good game. We need to see Corey Davis have at least, you know, seven grabs. And I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter how many actual catches he gets, because what's more important for me to see from Corey Davis is that he's not dropping six or seven attempts. He's not getting... 10, 11 targets and only converting seven or eight of them. I need to see him getting eight, nine targets, and I need to see him getting seven or eight receptions with them because it's about damn time Corey Davis stepped up and earned his money. It's about time we started to see if Corey Davis can even be a piece of this team because paying him as much as you do for him to be out there and be a glorified number two when you don't even have a number one You don't need it. You don't need Corey Davis on this team if he's not going to take that step and be a, a, a legit receiver in this league. You don't need that on this squad, and you need to see if he can be that guy, and you need to give him an opportunity to develop into that guy. And if Joe Flacco being in there today helps him, then good. Let's keep him out there for another week, and let's keep Corey Davis going because you need that guy to become a stud. The other guy you need to become a stud is Elijah Moore. And Elijah Moore, I mean, I saw it last week when Flacco came in. I don't know if it was a conscious effort or if it was just the guy that he's worked with the most or whatever it was. But Elijah Moore was getting peppered with targets. He got, I believe, all three of Joe Flacco's passes, at least the last two, including the touchdown. So I expect Elijah Moore to be getting the ball a decent amount. Like I said, whether that be because Flacco and Moore have been working together in practice a lot, or because the coaches said to Joe, "Hey, this guy number eight, make sure you are looking for him on the field," and that might be something that they've told every quarterback that has been in there so far. But you know, due to not really having the experience, having the moment be a little too big, whatever it may be, not knowing, not not being comfortable enough to be reading through the defense and trying to find number 8, whatever it may be with the past QBs, Elijah Moore's involvement has been difficult to get there, or at least to where we want it to see it be. We want to see his usage very high. We want to see him getting a ton of snaps out there. We want to see him getting a ton of touches. But when you don't have quarterbacks that can find him, it's a little difficult. And we've seen what it's been like with Mike White out there. We've seen what it's been like, even with Josh Johnson out there, that this team looks better. I mean, overall, Elijah Moore looks better with those quarterbacks in. So I'm really excited to see what he could do with Joe Flacco, especially after that last drive last week. I just feel like there's a possibility here that Elijah Moore can finally have a really big breakout over a 100-yard game today. And I'm, I'm really excited to see if I'm right when it comes to Joe Flacco. And hopefully they continue to use Elijah Moore as a main receiver in this offense as long as Joe Flacco is in there. And I mean, even when uh, Wilson comes back, you want to see this start to become the point where Elijah Moore is getting no less than 8 to 10 touches a game, including out of the backfield. And with those touches, you want to see him start to convert. You want to see him start to make plays. You want to see him start to bust a couple of ankles. You know, get comfortable out there. That's what you need to start seeing from Elijah Moore. And in a game like today, where you're starting Joe Flacco for his veteran leadership, for his, you know, ability to get the ball out quick, you need to make sure Elijah Moore is that guy. You need to make sure Elijah Moore is his safety blanket. You need to make sure that that kid is getting every opportunity today because otherwise you are wasting everybody's time by putting Joe Flacco out there because nobody cares that Joe Flacco can throw to Jameson Crowder and get Jameson Crowder 11 catches. I mean, I got Jameson Crowder in fantasy. Don't get me wrong. I would enjoy it. But in general, it's not great for the development of this team. And right now it's all about the development of this team, right? You know what I mean? Playoff chances are slim to zero. So if Joe Flacco thinks that's going to happen, he's out of his damn mind. But developing guys, making this team better going forward, being a part of the future, I mean, Joe Flacco's not going to be here in four years. But if Joe Flacco can help develop Michael Carter, can help develop Elijah Moore, and both of those guys are still here in four, five, six years down the road, then guess what? Joe Flacco did help contribute to the future, and today was about the future. But, like I said, if Jameson Crowder is getting 11 catches and Tevin Coleman ends up rushing the ball more times than Michael Carter, then we have a problem because that's just a coaching staff that's looking to win a game. And, honestly, you shouldn't be doing that at this point in the season. You should be more concerned with getting your defense right and getting your young offensive players developed. So. That's my little spiel for Joe Flacco today. But in terms of offense, this team needs to be smart. They cannot allow the Dolphins to really get too much pressure. They need to watch blitzes from the secondary because that's something that this Brian Flores defense loves to do. Javon Holland is a superstar in the waiting in that secondary at the safety position. And I got to tell you guys, watch him throughout this game because he's not only a really good... I mean, off-ball defender at the safety position. He's not just only a good blitzer. The guy can play coverage. He's a ball hawk. He's really athletic. I mean, he's got everything that you want to see in a young man play in that position, and he's only going to continue to get better. So you got to watch out for him in this game. He could be a complete game wrecker for that offensive line that is having trouble picking up, blitzing, you know, guys out of the secondary guys from the outside. You need to see better communication throughout the offensive line, specifically, I mean, not specifically, but especially when it comes to AVT Elijah Vera Tucker. And he's another one of the young bucks on this offense that we need to see have a good day and need to see have a representative day for his development because he's kind of the linchpin right now of this entire 2021 draft class. I mean, you got Michael Carter playing well, Elijah Moore is starting to get better, but Vera Tucker, if you can make sure that he is becoming everything that we think he can be, then that's good, and keeping him on track today, getting him an opportunity to go up probably against a guy like Christian Wilkins is a nice little matchup, maybe maybe you get a couple of snaps against a guy like Agba coming in against you, linebackers like Van Ginkle, I mean, obviously, like I said, you might get a chance to go up against Javon Holland, depending on how you know, the blitz schemes and everything break down. So it's going to be a good opportunity for Vera Tucker to kind of see a different type of defense, see a defense that is blitzing from a lot of different places and get that communication down. Because we saw a few times last week, a few times over the past couple of weeks that McGovern, Van Rotten, Vera Tucker in that middle, there are times where the three of them, and I mean, it's not always all three of them, but those three guys can have some communication issues. You want to start to see that get fixed by this point in the season. I mean, McGovern is a veteran, so you're not going to put too much. I mean, you got to put some on him, and you're going to hold him accountable for uh, communication issues. But it's also something where Vera Tucker, he's going to be accounted on at some point to do it, so why not start becoming that guy now? And I think he can, and I would like to see him have another solid game. And for him, that just means... Let's not have errors communication-wise. And let's not allow our QB to get killed out there. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, it's it'll, it'll be nice to see him open up some running holes and get, oh, I mean, damn, running holes. Chill out, bro. You're getting too crazy with yourself. But this, uh, this is a game for Vera Tucker to get himself going where the offense shouldn't have too much. I mean, I don't want to say too much trouble because they're going to have trouble, but they should have more of an opportunity to be out there because I don't think the Dolphins' offense is going to have as much of a field day as some other teams have had with this Jets' defense. And, I mean, why not get into that Jets' defense? Because, I mean, I'm looking at the Dolphins offensively, and it's really hard for me to see anything else but Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tonga Vailoa as their quarterbacks. And I know Tua is the guy right now. Don't be shocked if we see Brissett at some point in this game. I mean, this Dolphins team is absolute. They're in mayhem, if you don't mind me saying. They don't really know what they're doing offensively. They have a weird identity. They have no quarterback. Like, that's the fact. They have no quarterback. So when a team is like that, You need to blitz the hell out of them. Make sure that they cannot have any comfortability in that pocket throughout the game because the way that you beat this Dolphins offense isn't very hard. There's no secret key. Every team in the league is doing it. You just need to put enough pressure on Tua that he can't hit these short throws and force him to put it downfield. Force him to have to make a quick decision to get the ball out, and have to throw it down to somebody possibly in double coverage. He's not going to beat you. There is no quarterback, there is no any type of passing on this team that is going to beat you. So force them to beat you through the air. I'm tired of seeing this defense get run all over and made look like a complete and absolute joke. A failure, some would say. I mean, Rex Ryan clearly said it to Robert Salah. And Robert Sala needs to start taking this crap personal. He needs to start becoming somebody who we think that he is. He needs to start becoming the man that we all thought that he was coming in. He can't be this little, I mean, he's trying to be a CEO. He's trying to be Wall Street. He's trying to be all this stuff that, honestly, he was not. He was, that's what, I mean, none of this was what we saw with Robert Sala when he came in here. But at the same time, maybe it was. And maybe we should have been smarter, but I don't believe that it is. I still believe Robert Sala is the guy who is a supreme motivator and can get this team going and knows his defensive X's and O's way better than, I mean, getting blown out three out of four weeks and a lot of weeks throughout the season, but especially these last three out of four because you're giving up 45-plus and 500-plus in almost every single game. That's unacceptable. That's unacceptable you can't allow that to happen again. I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not reinventing the wheel saying that you can't allow that to happen again. Uh, it's it's nothing crazy. It's very obvious. He does that if the Miami Dolphins go out there today and win this game, it's because this defense has no heart and they're unable to tackle on the run. I don't think that Robert solid's going to allow that to happen. I think today needs to be a day where it's crisp where you look good, where you send a message. Because this is a team you can send a message against defensively. And if if he's able to do that, if they're able to do that, then they're able to kind of, I mean, listen, you're not getting back all the credit, you're not getting back all the respect, but you kind of start to look and say, okay, there is some life here, there is some some pride here, there are some guys on this team that actually care I want to be here next year. That want to be in this league next year. I mean, right now, there are dudes in the secondary that look like they don't even belong in the NFL next season. I mean, Nate Shepard looks like he shouldn't be on a roster next year. This team is made up of guys who maybe were borderline NFL players or you were given a shot to coming into the season, and so far all they have done is proving to you why they weren't on rosters coming into the year and proving to you why they got drafted where you drafted them. Joe Douglas, I get putting together a young team. I get doing all of that. But right now, this team has looked terrible. This defense has looked awful. Whatever their idea was, it didn't work. And there is barely any talent. But if you're able to start getting some results start making it look how it looked in the beginning of the season, then guess what? People are going to have respect for what you're doing as a coach. People are going to have respect for this defense, and they're going to start seeing you for a team that can make plays happen. So you need to go out there, and you need to shut down Miles Gaskin because he's not a great running back. He really, he's a middle-of-the-road guy. There is no reason Miles Gaskin should come out today and rush for over 100 yards. There is no reason the Dolphins as a team should come out today and rush for any more than 115 yards. Seriously, I'm being dead serious right now. This defensive line, this front seven that I touted as being one of the best in the league coming into the season, they need to start getting it together because they are that good. They are way better than they have played, and it's a it's starting to get really disturbing because if they are this bad if they aren't as good as we think they are or I think they are with C.J. Mosley up there with Quentin Williams there with Franklin Myers with these dudes Jared Davis I mean if they can't if they can't get it together with those guys and start stopping people Foley, Sheldon Rankin's I mean, these are legitimate NFL ballers on the line. You gotta freaking win your battles and you gotta shut this man down because I can't take it. I will not be able to take sitting there and see Miles Gaskin being the reason that this team is just getting run all over on offense. I can't. I ser- I can't do it this week, guys. Miles Gaskin is not that dude. I could watch Jonathan Taylor go and do that. I mean <laughs> Damn, I could, I, I could, I could even understand the Patriots doing that on the road. But if Miles Gaskin goes out there today and sets this defense on fire, and that allows Tua to in turn set this defense on fire, then I need to fire Robert Sala at the end of the season, and Jeff Ulbrich is probably gone at the end of the game like i just i can't do it i can't have that happening every single week and especially against this type of an offense where you should be putting them into the i mean you should be having a field day licking your chops going up against the dolphins instead we're sitting here and we're going man i swear if this looks bad again we're gonna have some really really big issues because (laughs) it doesn't get any easier than this it really doesn't the only easier it gets than this it would be playing ourselves I mean, people, trust me when I say that you will know at the end of this game if Robert Sala has any prayer of being a successful coach in New York. I mean, in general, I guess I should say. But you will be able to tell at the end of this game if this tenure will be successful or if it's going to be a complete and utter disaster. There is no in-between because... That's kind of where we are right now. We're in glorious failure or glorious success. I'm I'm going to go with glorious success today, but I mean, we have seen through these last couple of weeks that you cannot believe in this Jets team until there are zeros up on the scoreboard and they've actually played the game. Cuz nothing, nothing that you hear from these coaches Nothing that you really hear from me building up to it matters until they go on the field and they play because everything that we think they can do, they've showed us they can't do. I, I still believe they are able to make some of those players. I still think that this defense is good. I still think that this front seven is good. So with that being said, I think they will hold Gaskin under 100 yards. I think that They will force Tua to throw the ball, and I think that by doing that, there are going to be some interceptions in this game. There are going to be some turnovers, and I think this defense starts to look the way that Robert Sala wants them to look. And regardless of if it's against the terrible Dolphins offense or not, you need this performance to come in right now because you need this defense to get some confidence, and you need these young players on your defense to get some confidence because... If they continue to get mollywopped up and down the field week in and week out, you're going to lose guys, and you're probably going to lose guys forever. And it's not just that they're not going to buy into your system. It's that guys are going to have zero confidence in themselves to go out and make any plays for you. And that's where you start to have a problem. That's where you completely ruined a player. So hopefully you don't do that with all these guys because you're trying to build a culture, right? That's why you have so many young guys. Yeah, right now it's a culture of losing. And even I'll say it all day. Even though it's the Dolphins, they're saying this about us, by the way. Dolphins podcasts, Dolphins radio, everybody to do with Dolphins fans, they're saying the same exact thing that I am to you right now about us. We're their get right. We're that feel good. They just won on Thursday night. They're feeling on top of the world. And they got us. They're saying to themselves, man, we can get a couple wins together here. Maybe Tua starts to look a little good against this terrible Jets secondary. That's what they're saying. These guys need to have pride and come out and shut these dudes down because this team is not that good, and we should be a lot better. But let me know what you guys are thinking about that at ZooBeard77 on the Twitter machine. Um, I just want to hit on a couple of dudes offensively for... The Dolphins that I think, you know, if you are able to stop gasking, that you definitely need to watch out for. And that's, of course, Jalen Waddle and Mike Gesicki. Now, Jalen Waddle has 60 catches, 557 yards, and three tutties on the season. Gesicki, 44 catches, 529 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, between the two, it's going to be tough to shut Jalen Waddle down, and it's going to be, in my opinion, a waste to double him. So I think where you spend your time and your resources is on Mike Gesicki. This team has had issues playing tight ends throughout the season. So going up, taking on Gesicki, possibly taking him out of the game, that's the guy you need to focus in on. That's the guy you need to take away from Tua because that's his go-to guy in any bad situation. I mean, Jalen and him have a pretty good uh, rapport from college, so don't get me wrong. There is a little something there. But at the same time, what he does with Jalen Waddle is more of a downfield thing. So, you can catch him slipping. You can catch, you know, Tua throwing a bad pass to Jalen Waddle. Just as long as you don't let Jalen Waddle break free on a screen, you'll be in good. You'll be in a good shape right there. But Mike Kosicki is the guy who can go up and down the field and get you those six yards, get you those ten yards, get you those twelve yards. And against this Jets defense that has done terrible against the tight end position throughout the year. I would have zero faith that they could do it by themselves. So double Gesicki and take his ass out of the game. Because if you do that, there are not very many other options for Tua to go to. And again, once you do that, you get the pressure on him. There are going to be turnovers. Force some turnovers. I can't do this anymore. I can't watch these games when this defense goes out there and plays this half-ass brand of football where they're... You know, making some stops here and there, but then ultimately are blowing it because they can't come up with the interception. They can't come up with the sack to get to the QB. They can't knock the ball out. And all of a sudden, teams get another chance and break a big play on them. And now the drive's over. Now everything good, the defense did is done. Can't happen again today. Need to take advantage of every single opportunity you're going to have and make it count, because you can actually win this game. So go out there and make it count, people. Let me know what you think. At ZooBeard77, like I said, on the Twitter machine. Hit that subscribe. Give me your score predictions for today, people. Hit me up there. Let me know what you're thinking. Let me know if I'm crazy for believing the way that I do right now. Because I think this defense is going to have a solid day, and I think this Jets team is going to have a solid day. And before I give you my prediction on what I think the final score will be and how this game will go, I want to give you a couple of players to keep your eyes on real quick. First off, our defensive player to watch is going to be one Bryce Hall. And I give that honor or that (laughs) acknowledgement to Bryce Hall because he's had, I mean, I've been very critical of him over the past couple of weeks. So I personally want to keep an eye on him. Very, I want to keep a really close eye on him in this game. No pun intended. Uh, while he's going against probably mostly Jalen Waddle, but, you know, whoever he's up against in that Miami team, I want to see him against Waddle for the most part because that's the matchup that needs to get won by this defense, and that's a matchup that I would like to see Bryce kind of take full ownership of. Waddle isn't, I mean, he's a good player, but there's no reason Bryce Hall can't shut him down, in my opinion. There is no reason that if Bryce Hall is going to be a starter in this league, that he can't limit or completely take out Jalen Waddle from the game plan. I I mean, I gotta see it from Bryce. I believe he has that ability. I also think he might have himself a pick today, especially if we uh if we're right in terms of getting the pressure on Tua and getting uh getting some turnovers happen, getting him to throw some bad passes, getting him to uh, you know, maybe uh Maybe lace one right over there to Bryce for a little pick six action. Who knows? Who knows? Now, I'm not saying there's going to be a pick six, but I'm telling you, Bryce Hall interception today, if you could get that on the FanDuel or the the BetMGM, whatever it is that you use as your gambling app, get it in there because I think that's going to be a lock. Offensively, the player to watch today is going to be one rookie, Elijah Moore. And I'm excited to see him play, man. I'm excited. We've been talking about Michael Carter the past couple of weeks. I think today is the day that Elijah Moore goes out there and he gets 100 yards for the first time in his career. I am willing to put my name on that one. So write that down in Sharpie. And let me know if I'm an idiot after the game. And Elijah Moore did absolutely nothing because that seems to be the trend here. When I pick somebody for player of the week, they suck. But... (laughs) I think Elijah's going to have a good game just based off of what Flacco was doing with him at the end of the last game. I think he's going to get peppered with opportunities, peppered with targets. And if he's able to convert them, I think we're going to see some specialness out of Elijah Moore throughout the day. I think he's going to cut some ankles. There's a chance for him to score again. I'm just really excited for the day that Elijah Moore can have based off of what Michael Carter has been able to do in the last couple of weeks. I think this, uh, I think Mike LaFleur is going to be able to, uh, get him involved in the offense and at least look for him with Joe Flacco in there. Now we don't know how Joe Flacco is going to look. We don't know how this defense is going to look. It needs to look better. I'll tell you that right now. This defense needs to look a hell of a lot better and anything over 20 points for them giving up against this Miami offense is an absolute joke and they should feel ashamed if they do that. But again, you look at the Miami defense and they're having those same type of questions and same type of uh, words being thrown at them. If they allow this jets team to go out there with Joe Flacco as quarterback and put up points on them, they should feel disgraced. So this is really a matchup of two teams that are going to be ears perked up defensively and playing their asses off. And I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be low scoring and, But I think that the Jets are going to be able to pull out a win here. So I'm going to go Dolphins 13 Jets 18 and a weird, ugly score for a weird, ugly game. But I think the Jets end up winning it. I think Elijah Moore has a good game, like I said. Defense looks a lot better. You hope the young guys on defense look good, because that's the goal of these games right now is to develop young talent and stop having them get embarrassed on the field. Especially when all of your corners are young. You need to make sure they're not getting embarrassed. And today is the day they start their redemption tour. So with that being said, people, I ain't got nothing left for you here. Well, please hit me up on the Twitter at zoobeard 77 Subscribe, leave a five-star comment, and uh appreciate you for doing so because, it, like I said, it gets the eyes on the podcast, keeps food in my dog's bowl, and it gets us rolling. And it allows you to understand when the next podcast is going to be. And I'll tell you right now, because it's going to be after the game, a little later on today, post-game action, we'll react to the game, we'll react to, hopefully, a Jets win over those Dolphins as we get ready for... Woof! A potential return of Zach Wilson in a week. And today, let's just have fun. <laughs> let's just get a win, people. Don't worry about too much craziness. The only guys you should worry about seeing have big games are Elijah Moore, and Michael Carter, and some of the guys on the defense. Don't stress too much. Have fun. Do what you got to do. And if it gets out of hand, if it gets unwatchable... Turn it off and come here after the game and I'll break it down all right here on Time to Jets. So without further ado, peace.